Everybody. It is August 30th, and this is Rich Poland. I'm going solo today on the Ticket to Rider podcast on your bonus episode. Stacey Ham says, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. He has a work dinner tonight, and then tomorrow night I have surgery that's going to last long into the night, and he's got another work dinner. But uh, we couldn't uh, let uh, everybody go without our impressions of Zach Johnson's captain's pick for the Ryder Cup team. We're now uh, less than a month. The Ryder Cup starts on the 29th, so we're less than a month away from the first day of the Ryder Cup. And we now know the 12 men who will comprise the American team. And let, uh, well, well, we'll take a bow. So when Stacy and I did our last podcast on Sunday night, we predicted who we thought Zach Johnson would select for the team. And have to say we got it right. So uh, let's talk about, first of all, uh, we know who was already going to be on the team, the guys who earned it uh, on points. Scotty Scheffler, number one, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantley, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley made it on points. When we talk about the guys who are behind, so the captains had the discretion to pick six guys. Now, interestingly, uh, the people involved in the selection of the other six players would have been the, the six guys who were already on the team and the uh, vice captains, uh, uh, vice captains, uh, Fred Couples, Steve Stricker, Jim Furyk. Uh, I'm trying to think one more, but uh, the vice captains, uh, Stuart Sink. And then there's this Ryder Cup advisory committee. And lo and behold, two of the guys on the Ryder Cup advisory committee were Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Interesting. Okay. So uh, if we look at the Ryder Cup's standings on points at the time of the selection of the top six, because they don't they didn't add in points from the tour from the tour championship. The next guy in line was Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka was the only live player even remotely in position uh, on points to make the Ryder Cup team. And Brooks Kepka was in seventh, which is really uh, an amazing accomplishment, all things considered, given the fact that Brooks Kepka only played in four events this year. Uh, his points from the majors would have counted from last year, but I'm not, I, I don't remember, but I don't remember Brooks Kepka faring particularly well in last year's majors, who was really just the fact that he won the PGA second at the Masters or third at the Masters and, uh, and uh, you know, made the cut and had decent performances at the U.S. Open and the, and the Open Championship that brought him to seventh over a whole score of, of golfers who uh, obviously were able to accrue points all year long on the PGA Tour. So Brooks Kepka makes it. You know, uh, I, I was personally hoping for a, a hashtag live free, uh, uh, live free uh, uh, Ryder Cup, 
But as we said the other day, once it was determined that Justin Thomas was going to make the team, it was going to be a controversial pick, then not to have Brooks Kepka on the team would have been a PR nightmare. The other thing about Brooks Kepka making the team on the good side is perhaps there were some factors involved from the PGA uh, of America and PGA Tour with a conciliatory gesture towards the Saudis, as, as uh, we've heard that Jay Monahan still believes that the cooperation slash merger between the tours is going through. And to exclude Brooks Kepka might have been uh, perceived as, as uh, disrespectful to to the uh, uh, to the sheiks and, and PIF possibly uh, again you know I, I I didn't want Brooks Kepka to be on the team for you know I guess what you'd say is uh, political reasons uh, but from a standpoint of deserving to be on the team on the basis of his performance in the four majors you know I, I can't argue with that although I will say that he is not particularly in form. Uh, I remember the last live tournament, I saw his name at the bottom of the list, seven over par, well off the lead. Then there's Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth uh, was eighth in points. Let's go over Jordan Spieth's statistics for the year. Okay, Jordan Spieth in scoring average, 22nd on tour. That's pretty good. Birdie percentage, 66th. You know, birdie percentage is an important statistic for the Ryder Cup. Not very good. Uh, strokes gained... Uh, total 19th, pretty good. Strokes gain on approach 45th, okay. Uh, strokes gain putting, Jordan Spee is supposed to be this uh, uh, put, putting zen putter, but you know he's actually quite erratic, 71st on the year. And greens in regulation, 131st on the year. So you know statistically, not a great year. Jordan hasn't really been in form, uh, but once Jordan's taken, then you almost have to go to Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, his best friend, he's been his partner ever since uh, at, at uh, Le Golf National in France. Uh, famously, Jordan asked out of his very successful partnership at the time with Patrick Reed, leading to a fair amount of conflict there. So that brings us to Justin Thomas, uh, two-time major winner, former world number one, certainly one of the most recognizable and talented guys in the world, but as, as we all know, Justin Thomas didn't make the playoffs. He was 71st. Now, Jordan Spieth barely made the tour championship. He was 30th, I believe. Justin Thomas, let's go over those same statistics. Justin Thomas, 66th in scoring average, 39th in birdie percentage, 40th in strokes game total, 44th in strokes gamed on approach, 144th in putting. And putting is very important at the Ryder Cup. 128th in Greens in regulation, not very good. Steve Spurrier, not very good. Uh, okay. Justin Thomas was obviously down the list. After Jordan Speed, after Kepka and Spieth, uh, Cameron Young. Cameron Young was bypassed. Uh, now, to be fair, Cameron Young was great last year, and he got a lot of his points at the majors from last year and really has not had a great 2023. He didn't get the breakthrough win, and his statistics are very, I'd say, mediocre. 58th in scoring average, 54th in birdie percentage. Uh, or actually, sorry, higher than that, 14th in birdie percentage, tied with Colin Morikawa. 
but 166th in putting, 45th in greens and regulation. So Cameron Young was bypassed, and it was clear that Cameron Young was a difficult decision uh, and, and mentioned uh, by name uh, in the press conference by Zach Johnson. Next after Cameron Young was Colin Morikawa. Easy pick. Not only statistically is Colin Morikawa excellent, 11th in scoring average, 14th in birdie percentage, 10th in strokes gained total, 2nd in strokes gained on approach. Not a great putter, uh, but 5th in greens and regulation. But Colin played quite well at the Tour Championship and has seemed to round it, to be rounding into form. Okay, the next guy to me is the hardest one. It's Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley loves the Ryder Cup. Keegan Bradley uh, was quoted as saying that ever since he he actually he actually sent out a tweet with his uh, book with his book bag or or suitcase from the 2012 Ryder Cup, the first of, uh, I believe, uh, he I know he was in uh, 2012 and 2014. I don't think he played in 2016, uh, but the first of his two Ryder Cups, where he just talked about how important it was to him and his year merited being in the Ryder Cup. 26 in scoring average, 13th in birdie percentage, 20 in strokes gained total, 41st in strokes gained on approach, 28th in in uh, strokes gained putting, uh, 64th in greens and regulation. A much better, much better statistical year than uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas, and at least equivalent to, to Colin Morikawa. Uh, I think that Keegan Bradley got hosed. Uh, we'll come back to him later. Then selected were the next two guys, Sam Burns and Ricky Fowler. Uh, very different statistical years. Ricky Fowler, uh, his comeback year was outstanding from a statistical point of view. Ninth in scoring average, 10th in birdie percentage, 36th in putting, ninth in strokes gained overall, eighth in strokes gained on approach, 26th in uh, greens and regulation. His worst score was his, was his strokes gained putting, which is 36th. Fantastic. Ricky deserves to be on the team. Great comeback year. Great guy in the, in the clubhouse as well. Sam Burns uh, was one spot ahead of Ricky Fowler. He was 12, so you could justify that. But we, we talked about that on the, on the last, on I think, two podcasts ago. Sam Burns scoring average 40th, birdie percentage 71st. Really, his only outstanding score is putting, which is good. Uh, his 12th in strokes game putting, and that will be important as he's paired with Scotty Scheffler, who's uh, basically first or third in every statistical category except putting, where he's off the chart poor. Um, but, you know, did Sam Burns really merit making the team? So on the basis of, of these selections, okay, the non-controversial selections, I'd say Jordan Spieth, non-controversial Colin Morikawa, non-controversial. I'd even say Ricky Fowler, non-controversial. The controversial selections of Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka, uh, and especially Thomas and, and Burns, there's been a lot of chatter out there. Why did Sam Burns get selected? It's very clear that he and Scotty Scheffler are best friends, not just, uh, not just you know, on the golf course, but apparently they're also both very religious. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, they, they Bible study together. Again, nothing wrong with that. But you shouldn't be penalized for not being religious. Uh, I, I heard a story, you know, I, I take things back to my old football team, the Washington, you know, the Washington Redskins at the time. Uh, 
Joe Gibbs, of course, you know, Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs leading, leading Washington to three Super Bowls in three separate years. But uh, during, you know, one of the one of the off years, I think it was the year after they lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl, there was almost a mutiny where the non-religious Joe Gibbs was famously very religious, where, where Joe Gibbs was uh, where there was a mutiny where the non-religious players thought that they were uh, discriminated against as opposed to the, the Bible study players. And Keegan Bradley came out. He, he didn't he didn't couch it in religious terms, but he he said, you know, uh, that he's always considered himself a quote unquote outsider on the tour. And this year, in order to, you know, make the Ryder Cup team, in addition to his play, he tried to be, you know, he tried to be more of a one of the guys. And he said it obviously didn't help. He said, I'm obviously if I want to be on another Ryder Cup team, I need to make it on on points. And and maybe that's correct. And I don't know if Keegan Bradley is, you know, is, uh, you know, a Hindu or a Buddhist or an atheist or an agnostic, but he's not one of the guys that you hear of as, as being hyper-religious and in Bible study. Uh, and, you know, did that factor in? That should not factor in, but, you know, maybe it did. Uh some of the other guys who, who got bypassed, you know, who we've talked about, Tony Finau, uh, very, you know, a uh, very good statistical year, but uh, really most of his production in the early part of the year, I, I don't think people were too upset about Tony Finau uh, not making the team. Uh, Lucas Glover obviously came on strong at the end of the year as in good form, but uh, not someone who was really even considered until um, more recently. Where does, where does this leave the American team? So a couple things. So uh, Zach, you know, Zach Johnson ha- held, obviously held a press conference. And look, you don't necessarily expect these guys to be, you know, the sharpest knives or to give, you know, precision answers. Zach Johnson was asked a couple of very good questions. Uh, what he said about about Justin Thomas was that Justin Thomas was the heart and soul of the team and you don't leave him home. And maybe he is. As I said, you know, if Justin Thomas stinks up the joint, having Brooks Kepka there, so at least, you know, the the you know, whatever percent of the golf fans out there who are who are pro-live and anti, you know, anti-establishment, uh, can't say, well, you lost because you didn't have any live players. Now they may say that. They should have considered Dustin Johnson, who was five and zero in the last Ryder Cup, and Bryson DeChambeau, but you know those guys didn't have the performances in the majors that that Brooks Koepka did. But uh, uh, he, you know he basically just said, "Well, you don't leave Justin Thomas at home," and and I, I, it's a silly argument. Justin Thomas had a terrible year. Now perhaps that harkens back, if if you remember back to. Uh, Le Golf National in Paris, where the European team took Sergio Garcia in spite of the fact that he was having a poor year. But there's a little difference because, you know, Sergio Garcia was taken on that team. The back end of the European team that year are guys like Alex Noren and Thorbjorn Olesen, who aren't exactly household names, haven't been back to a Ryder Cup, and in terms of world rankings, were well below, uh, uh, you know, were, well, were, weren't, weren't, that far above Sergio Garcia, uh, and weren't that you know more prominent or hadn't had that much better years than Sergio Garcia. In this case, Justin Thomas had clearly had a, a far inferior year to guys like uh, Cameron Young and uh, Keegan Bradley. 
Uh, he took Brooks Kepka, and it sounded like there was not much even consideration of not taking Brooks Kepka. We, you know, we certainly had speculated that Brooks Kepka falling out of the top seven would would allow Zach Johnson to to you know make this uh, Ryder Cup uh, hashtag live free. But uh, he clearly thought that that Brooks Kepka made this a better team. Now, that the next question is who's Brooks Kepka going to play with? Because the U.S. has gone with this pod uh, structure where guys tend to play with each other, uh, you know, play play with each other. Guys tend to play uh, in in pairs for the first two days, and you know, I do think that that most of the U.S. pairs are pretty straightforward, right? So you've got Spieth and Thomas. That's a given. There's one pair. Scheffler and Burns. I don't think Burns would be on this team if he wasn't there to play with Scheffler. That's a pair. You have uh, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffele. I think that's the best, you know, U.S. team. At least those guys seem to be in form, both of them. So that's a pair. That's three pairs. And then, you know, then you've got Wyndham Clark, uh, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler. Well, Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler play the same putter. They're good friends. You want to have, you know, Wyndham Clark's a younger guy. You probably want to have a little bit of a veteran with him. I think that's a very natural pairing. Uh, Max Homa and Colin Morikawa both went to Cal. You have to assume that they're that they're buds. That is that is that a natural pairing, or do you put Colin Morikawa with Brooks Kepka? Colin Morikawa fared very well with Dustin Johnson, and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka are pretty similar guys uh, in terms of you know their games and their demeanors. Uh, so maybe you put Colin Markawa with, with Colin Markawa with, uh, uh, with Brooks Kepka. Uh, but if you do the Cal pairing of Homa and Homa and, uh, Morikawa, and you're probably not going to put Homa with Kepka. Homa has been one of the most out, uh, outspoken anti-live guys. So I don't think that's going to work. Then you're left with Brian Harmon and Max Homa or Brian Harmon and Brooks Kepka. Brian Harmon and Brooks Kepka to me is like is like the Revenge of the Nerds team. You have Brooks Kepka who's like uh, ogre in Revenge of the Nerds, and then you have Poindexter in Brian Harmon. That team doesn't make any sense. But unless you unless you uh, put Colin Marikawa with with Brooks Kepka, and then you put Homa with Harmon, uh, I, I guess that's the way that you would do it. I don't I don't know, uh, but I don't see Kepka with Harmon as being a real, you know, a, a real natural pairing. So maybe it's Morikawa uh, and Kepka and trying to recreate the magic of DJ and Morikawa from Whistling Straits. Uh, we'll see. Uh, what else? Zach Johnson was also asked, I think, a very valid question in a number of ways. He was asked about horses for courses. So uh, from what we've heard about Marco Simone, it's very hilly, it's very tight, and the rough is penal. Uh, like most European courses for the Ryder Cup, it's bound to not be a bomber's course. It's bound to be uh, tight, a ball striker's course, and and a putter's course. And, you know, horses for courses are, you know, Sam Burns. Okay, Sam Burns is a good putter, but he's 162nd in greens and regulation. Uh, not, you know, maybe not the best choice. Uh uh, Justin Thomas, you know, didn't have a great driving year, uh, 144th in putting. 
uh, 128th in greens and regulation. You think you'd want to take guys who are going to who are going to you know make you know who are going to be on in who are going to get greens in regulation. Sam Burns 162nd, Jordan Spieth 131st, uh, Justin Thomas 128th. Let's take some of the guys who didn't make it. Keegan Bradley 64th. Okay, that's not great. Um, uh, how about somebody who who Stacy really liked? Russell Henley, number one in driving accuracy, 27th in greens of regulation. Lucas Glover 11th in greens of regulation. Uh, Tony Finau 18th in greens and regulation. Uh, Zach Johnson. Uh, when he was asked about horses for courses, did the course contribute to his team? Uh, really didn't say it, didn't answer the question because I don't think he picked a team which is designed for this course. Uh, and and he may come to regret that. Um, Stacy sent me an, an article uh, from Sports Illustrated. Uh, entitled, This is One of the Weakest Ryder Cup Teams Ever. Now, at the same time, you have uh, 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 Fred Couples saying that this is the, quote-unquote, strongest Ryder Cup team ever. Uh, but, yeah, Zach Johnson did his best, but this looks like one of the weakest teams. This is from Sports Illustrated. Uh, I do think it, it's it's hyperbole for for the folks at Sports Illustrated to say this is one of the weakest uh, Ryder Cup teams ever. Uh, remember, there were there was a Ryder Cup team that featured the likes of of Vaughn Taylor and uh, and JJ Henry and you know a bunch of other guys who who really were were journeyman golfers. Jeff Overton was on a a, a, a Ryder Cup team, uh, but it's certainly not the the formidable and imposing. Uh, Ryder Cup team that the U.S. had at Whistling Straits. Now, remember that the U.S. does have a couple guys who aren't playing because of injury. Will Zalatoris would absolutely have been there. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorites, Daniel Berger, has now been on a Ryder Cup team and a President's Cup team, and he's, you know, been injured as well for the year. And the Europeans don't have that. There's none of the none of the European, there's, there's not a single European player who's missing from the roster due to either uh, live membership or injury. Uh, maybe Sergio Garcia is the only one who would have gotten consideration. And maybe I'll put in there Eugenio Chicara, uh, the young the young Spaniard who joined the Live Tour out of Oklahoma State. Uh, but on the American side, you know, not only do you have those injuries, but you have DJ and Bryson DeChambeau, who would have been very likely uh, Ryder Cup contenders uh, had they not joined the Live Tour. Uh, the uh, Live Press, uh, as you would expect, is up in arms that Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau didn't even get a call from Zach Johnson. When asked about that, Zach Johnson said that he called. You know, again, this, this kind of rung hollow. He said, well, I called about the top 20 to 25 guys. I'm not really sure where I stopped. You know, yes, you did. You, have, you, you know exactly who you called to say you're not making the team. You know exactly how many how many places you went down on the Ryder Cup points list, Zach Johnson, saying that you're not sure, disingenuous. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was a bad look for him to kind of sidestep these questions. All right. Um, when, if Stacy was here, we would have also gone over the Solheim Cup, uh, but I'm going to leave that to next week because Stacy is much better on women's golf 
than uh, than I am. But the U.S. team looks very strong. The international team looks very strong. And as we've said, we kind of regret the fact that we planned this trip to uh, to Berlin and then Rome. Nothing against going to Berlin. We're we're very excited to go to uh, Cologne and Berlin. Uh, but if we had been thinking, we would have uh, planned the trip to go to uh, uh, to go to Spain and see the Solheim Cup and then go to uh, Rome for the Ryder Cup. The Walker Cup is also this week, so we'll have uh, recaps of the Walker Cup uh, on Monday. There are no PGA Tour events uh, this week. The DP Tour, however, has uh, it's the Omega, Ma it's a Masters, it's a, it's a tournament in Switzerland, one of the biggest, bigger tournaments of the year, and they have pretty much all the limelights uh, from the European Tour, plus a couple of the, uh, uh, of the European players on the PGA Tour, the Ryder Cup uh, uh, contingent from the PGA Tour will also uh, be in Switzerland for that tournament. Um, and the LPGA Tour is actually in uh, is actually in Portland this week, uh, and they're playing at Stacy's Club. And I wish I could tell you that we were going, but uh, uh, in my uh, Stacy is Stacy's actually going up to play Chambers Bay this weekend. He's uh, taking a little road trip to go up and play Chambers Bay. And uh, uh, and one other course up in the Seattle area. And I am uh, going up to grab my son and having something called uh, clam chowder Detroit-style pizza at Moto's, uh, Moto's or Moto's in Seattle. And... Uh, uh, one, we're having a clam chowder pizza and a Dungeness crab pizza, which he's been to this place a couple times, and he says these are the these are the most expensive pizzas that they have, and he always gets the cheap ones. But since his dad's paying for it, uh, uh, we're going to get the expensive weird ones, uh, and then we're coming back here to spend uh, the long weekend uh, in Portland. Uh, so. Uh, everybody enjoy your weekend. Uh, pretty soon we're going to have the European picks and we'll, we'll do this as well. And I'm going to take everybody out on one of my, one of uh, my favorite bands and one of uh, my favorite songs. This is uh, the great Scottish band in honor of uh, Glen Eagles and our first uh, Ryder Cup. Uh, one of my very, very favorite bands, the Bell and Sebastian. And this is one of my very, very favorite uh Bell and Sebastian songs, The uh, the Boy with the Arab Strap. Uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday or Monday, everybody.